Welcome back into another episode of Behind the Bench. This is episode 68. I am your host, Carter Eckel. Joining me as always from the other side of the desk is my producer, Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Jeff, it hasn't stopped raining since the last time we talked. Doesn't look like it's going to anytime soon. I'm, I'm hoping that the microphone picks up the, the raining sound. <laughs> you know, I was sitting here sitting here up until yesterday thinking that the flooding in Carson was bad, and then you sent me that photo of your street, and uh, no, no, I had it completely wrong. I yeah. thought so much worse in other places, so... Yeah. I had no idea my neighborhood could do that, but... Next thing you know, Jeff's got a river instead of a street. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And my car does not float. I learned that. It will not go through that much water. I learned that. And now uh, it will not go. So... I wasn't going to bring it up, but... I, I got to own it. Okay. It, it was my okay. my fault, but I wanted it home. I didn't want it parked somewhere down the road. Yeah. Oops. Well, <laughs> yeah, oops, oops, oops. Well, since we do still have to pay the bills around here, today's podcast is sponsored by Played Against Sports, which is located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center. Check them out today or online at www.playedagainstsports, the best place to go for all your new and gently used sporting equipment needs. We joke about the rain, but we did have some games this week end, even if uh, it doesn't look likely we may have any here in the near future moving forward, at least down, down in the... Uh, the southern part of northern Nevada, if you will. Um, I do have to lead with uh, Carson High Baseball, though, which got their first win of the season last Thursday against McQueen, a 2-0 final there. More importantly, Aiden McNabb threw a no-hitter for the Senators with 11 strikeouts. Uh, the only two base runners that got on were via the walk for McNabb. He needed 96 pitches over that seven innings to complete the feat, and... Uh, Man, what a way to get a first win on the board. That's going to be a memorable one for the, the Senators throughout the season. And, I mean, now if you're around the region thinking about Carson High Baseball, now you know at least at least one name to really turn you out to the ballpark and, and keep an eye on. I know McQueen is is not the same team without you know some of the seniors they lost from from last spring. But still, I mean, to start out the season with a with a no-hitter. I know Carson's sitting at 1-3 and three right now, so technically didn't start the season. But still... It doesn't take away from any any of the accomplishments there. Like I said, 11 strikeouts uh, overall. Just a, a really impressive performance on the bump from McNabb there. Their two runs came from an RBI single off the bat of Quentin Beck and then another RBI single from uh, DiCarlo Quintana in the sixth, which scored Parker Maldonado as the insurance run there. So a 2-0 win for the Senators. Um, once again, congrats to Aiden McNabb on throwing a, a no-hitter. Carson turned around. Yesterday, I believe, and lost fourteen nothing to Bishop Minogue. So just to keep you guys all up up to date there, but uh, those are your two two results from Carson High baseball um, from what we've what they've been able to get in. Douglas was able to shut out Damani Ranch in another game um, last Thursday that they were able to get in. That was a five zero final. Another impressive pr- pitching performance, and definitely something to keep an eye out this year for the Tigers, who have had some seriously. <clears throat> At two and two, their two wins have come by like a two hitter and a three hitter. So Keegan Snooks went five and two thirds, struck out eight and allowed just four hits in that five uh, zero win over Damani Ranch. Caden McIver, who had the had the impressive performance, I know he went had a complete game in Douglas's first win, uh, came in in relief and threw faced three batters and had three strikeouts. So looks impressive there. Uh, Douglas got on the board in the fourth inning. 
with a pair of runs uh, off an RBI ground out in an error. In the sixth, the Tigers tacked on three more runs with a bases loaded walk and then a two-run single from Jackson Ovard. So Douglas is now two and two. For those of you who get the paper, um, usually there's up next sections at the end of uh, these roundups. I've been holding those for the last couple weeks because uh, I don't want to put out up next. This game's coming Wednesday when we haven't really had a whole lot of games. We just played had on. a game rescheduled what ten minutes ago. Right, right. Everything's everything's getting moved around. We're taping this as of nine fifty a.m. Tuesday morning. So try to keep you guys as up to date there as possible. Uh, Douglas softball got out of the weather, went down to Arizona, played five games down in Arizona. I was talking to uh, head coach John Glover before they before they started playing out there. He said he was debating whether to wear shorts to that game. So know what kind of weather there is in, in Arizona right now. Uh, Tigers went three and two over the five game set. Uh, beat La Miranda six five. Beat Bonita three two and beat Perry seven uh, one. Um, for those of you who are like looking for random ties, Perry is where Brock Purdy went, the Niners starting quarterback um, out of Arizona there. Fell to Murrieta 10 nothing and South Point Catholic 6-0, two you know, really talented schools um, there uh, down in Arizona. Talia Trenton uh, launched a center or a home run to center, a three-run home run to center over uh, La Morata, uh, excuse me, in that 6-5 win. Zora Simpson was 3-4 for four as well at the dish. Uh, against Bonita, Simpson drove in a pair of runs going 2-4, for four, and Annie Hill uh, slapped a triple for the Tigers there. Uh, Mackenzie Willis had a really nice performance in her in two of the games she threw, combining for, I believe, 23 strikeouts over 12 and two-thirds or 13 and two-thirds innings of, of work there. So all in all, I mean, I don't know if it's so much result based more than it is just you got to see five games worth of action and get to get to see where where your team kind of lines up right now uh, more than anything else for for Douglas who's now I believe three and three at the moment with a opening day loss to Spanish Springs if you will um, but otherwise that's pretty much it for. What we've got in the baseball softball realm, I know Carson softball hasn't played since their first game um, against McQueen, so they're still looking for for open openings to to get those games in as well. I do have some swimming results from um, this past weekend as well at Carson Aquatic Center. Uh, for those of you who are looking for you know swimming coverage, there's that Carson pretty much hosts almost every swim meet uh, of the season, so always something going on. Um, they're on the, the girl. So they swim the pentathlon, which is a combination of five events, the hundred meter freestyle, hundred meter fly, 50 meter freestyle, hundred meter backstroke and a hundred meter breaststroke. Alexandra Lamas Cruz, a junior for Carson high led the girls side. She finished second. She was just two seconds off the, uh, winning pace. There, Douglas sophomore Gracie Goss was fourth in 457, uh, fellow Tiger. Kira Duffy was ninth in, in 510. Senator swimmers Alexandra Nerska and Bryn Russell were within half a second of each other to take fifth and sixth, respectively there. Um, over on the boys' side, Calvin Stevenson led the Tigers and led all results for the boys between Douglas and Carson, taking second in 413. He was a few seconds off the leading pace from Reno. So that might be a, a name to watch out for there. So I don't have the name off the top of my head here, um, but Carson's Todd Gosselin was eighth. And then sophomore E 
Ewan Cali was 11th. Um, E-W-A-N. I apologize if I'm mispronouncing that. Ewan, maybe? Ewan, Ewan Cali. Uh, Douglas's Liam Jones opened his senior season with a 10th place finish there as well. Um, real quickly, just to kind of put this out there in the world, I know we got a, it'll be in the newspaper as well, but several job openings in the athletic department at, at Carson High. Uh, Todd Ackerman has stepped away from the girls program after after two seasons um, in charge. I guess kind of three if you count the COVID season that didn't happen. But um, So Carson's looking for a new head girls basketball or varsity girls basketball job. They're also looking for a volleyball job as uh, coach of the year. Brittany Witter stepped away after two years there. As well, Carson has an opening for the varsity boys tennis coach position and the varsity girls soccer spot for next fall. So definitely, I mean, if if you're listening out there and you happen to have uh, happen to have a little bit of a coaching background, I'm sure sure Carson High is is looking for for anybody they can get there. Um, but we'll see how it, how it kind of fills out. I mean, obviously, those are going to be roles that. You know, that volleyball team showed a lot of promise um, this season, and I know the girls' basketball team, despite having a couple of tough years under Ackerman, are showing some some signs of life as well, especially with some, it sounds like there's some some talent coming up through the middle school ranks. So we'll see who uh, who slides into to those positions there. Um, you know, obviously nothing changes in, in one year with, with coaches, but you've seen seen how just a drastic of a jump, especially on the volleyball side of things, how – how you know important that can be and um you know i know sometimes coaching at the high school level just requires time too and that can be the the biggest uh, handicap for for people looking to get into the the coaching side of things there but otherwise jeff have you filled out a bracket because march madness is starting i guess technically today even though the the first round starts thursday but we got our first four games starting today i'm Beep. Number of years old, and <laughs> I have never filled out a bracket. Never filled out a bracket. Not once. Do you think you could pull a college team from out of thin air and pick a winner? Like just um, if you, I, I if if I, if you're asking me to go back into the history banks, I could probably guesstimate. Who might oh, be in it? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And then who? Yeah, if you if you had to just like throw a dart at a wall of the colleges you know, who do uh, you think is going to win this year? Since you, since I know you're not going to fill out a bracket. <laughs> well, there's always the perennial names. You have Kansas, Kentucky, North Carolina, Duke. North Carolina is not in it this I year. Know, okay. I know. I saw that. I saw that. Actually, I saw a picture of the coach screaming at somebody. Is the where's where I saw that headline? But um, I would guess Wisconsin, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio. Ohio I don't think State. Michigan's in it. Ohio's not in it. Thanks for breaking my heart. Um, Wisconsin's not in it. Wow. Um, so then you go Pac-12, you got which kills me to say Pac-12, <laughs> but um, I'm old school. I just surprised you diverted to Pac-12 first of all the conferences. Well, I guess you're Arizona out west. State. They're in it. You know who yeah. they play in the first round? No, Nevada Ugh. in the first four. And the craziest part about that is uh, there are two players for Arizona State who played for Nevada last season. Wow, they transferred to to Arizona State, and now they will open up the. They play tomorrow, tomorrow night, huh. Wednesday night. Um, against each other the winner will go on to play tcu um in denver so 
Mm. Um, wow. That first four game is in Dayton, Ohio. They play, always play the first four there. And then the winner will play six seed TCU. Um, huh. I have a couple friends who went to TCU, so they are uh, yeah. very anti <laughs> Nevada at the moment. But it should be four. Uh, <laughs> Arizona State's always tough. I, uh, to be honest, I'm quite surprised Nevada even made it after losing three in a row to close out the season. Well, and they lost to San Jose State. God, I love my 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 school, but come on. Not only did they lose to San Jose State in the tournament, lost to UNLV at home to end the regular season, and then lost to nine and twenty one Wyoming on the road prior to that. Those are always good teams. So they were twenty two I mean, Wyoming and six. is they got a history, and I mean UNLV's history is really old, but. Yeah, those are big games. You yeah, gotta win those. Went from twenty two and six to twenty two and nine, and uh, according to ESPN's bracketology, they were the last team in the tournament. Maybe they were the last yeah. team selected, and it doesn't it that. doesn't work necessarily as like your sixteen seeds or your last team, right? Because those are typically conference champions that have auto bids, right? But yeah, to get some of these bigger schools in in these at large spots, Nevada, the the last one. But I still haven't gotten you to uh, to pull the trigger on like. A, I'm curious if you can like pick a name out of a hat and somehow pick a winner. If I saw the if I saw the names, I could probably get pretty close. But yeah, I mean, you got teams like Villanova that we haven't talked about. Syracuse is probably gone because what's his face got booted. He retired, but yeah, well, whatever. They're not in it either. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he got booed. Well, he retired, he was, whatever he was you want to like call 47 it. 47 years. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if so. you get booted after 47 years. No, that, that's, yeah. Yeah. I got lots of corporate stories about that. You get promoted into a new job when you suck at your old job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, exactly. Um, you know, Florida. I don't think they're Georgia, in Georgia, Georgia Tech. You got all those nope. teams that they're not there. Not there. Um, uh, Vill- uh, not Villanova. Uh, Gonzaga. They are in it. There are so three Saint Mary's, year. Stanford. Mm-hmm. No Stanford this no year. UCLA. UCLA's in it. They're okay. one seed. Okay. Got to got to give a shout out <laughs> to the Midwest, right? Kansas. I already said Kansas, but I personally. Uh, I filled out a bracket. I hate who I picked to win it. So I picked Texas for whatever reason. It worked out that, that Texas was going to gonna win the whole thing in my bracket. I'm not confident. I'm pretty good at finishing, you know, close to the bottom in these bracket pools. They're all they're all guessing games anyways. It so doesn't is this, actually. Is this a poll with your buddies or yeah. is this an actual poll online? That, cause that that's No, with my buddies. Big, okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I always enter. I always check the box to, like, enter the, the giveaways on the off chance that you know, I hit the lottery with a perfect bracket. It's not going to happen. You're more likely to win the lottery than you are to have a perfect bracket. So yeah, it's pretty rare. Uh, yeah, it's There's so many teams though. Sixty-eight teams th- this year, and they're talking 68. about expanding to ninety-six at some point in the future, which wow. is too much, in my opinion. Well, there's there's uh, that starts me thinking about the next World Cup. They're they're expanding mm-hmm. to forty-eight teams, and they were going to do three team groups at the beginning. But that creates a problem because the anticipation of what they had this last one with the fourth with four teams and they play each other and the, those last games are played at the same time. They the the worldwide just all the tweeting in particular that happened during those games and all the excitement that happened because of the format of it. They're like, well, we got to scrap that Can't three have team. Three thing. We got to have four teams. You're gonna have teams sitting out on the last yeah. day. Yeah, but 68 teams. So there's play-in teams. Is that what Six, those yeah. Are? So there's they call it the first four. So there's four games. There's four 16 seeds and four 11 seeds playing for 
two 16-seed spots and two 11-seed spots. So you got Pitt and Mississippi State playing for an 11-seed, and then Nevada and Arizona State playing for an 11-seed, and then two 16-seeds for the the right to go lose to a one-seed, which uh, we see around here quite often in some of these playoff formats where you get the 8-9 playing to play a one-seed. We have seen a 16-seed beat a one-seed once before. I remember where I was when it happened, too. University of Maryland at Baltimore County. Uh, go Retrievers, I think. Baltimore County is a school. University of Maryland at Baltimore oh, County. Oh, UMBC, cool. yeah. Yeah, wow. they beat Virginia. 16 Oof. over a 1. Uh, I believe I was in Columbia, Missouri when that happened. Uh, random, but visiting my sister who went to college at the University of Missouri. So, wow. be a fun tournament to watch for sure. I mean, it always is. Um, college basketball, though, is in a weird spot right now because... There's so many players not playing college basketball at the moment with the addition of like G League Ignite and Overtime Elite and players go overseas now and yep. you yep. don't have to do the college route now that, you know, the one and done thing. There's a lot of other options. And so it's a lot of really good players that you're likely going to hear about in the NBA next year that aren't playing college basketball right now. So it's a it's a strange time for for college hoops for sure. But still, I mean, it doesn't take away the the appeal of March Madness, even well, if the basketball isn't quite as good. It's an interesting topic because soccer's gone the same way. I mean, there's a lot of kids in these new academy systems that 14, 15, they're signing with academies and going yeah. straight on the pro team. And college isn't even a thought. And then you got kids coming out of college that are walking straight on to MLS teams and playing. So it's it's really... Back when I played, there was no, we didn't have a system like that. It was you have to get recognized from some college, and uh, it's really interesting. I was I was curious what was going to happen with, you know, basketball would be the next obvious one because there's lots of paths to different directions. They play all over the world, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of players that go to Europe just to make a good living and have a have a good life, and because they pay more. That and you look at the NBA right now, and of the top ten players in the NBA, how many of them are from the U.S.? It's like three, yeah, <laughs> three or yeah, four, yeah. yeah, for sure. So for sure, um, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird time, and obviously, you know, colleges have introduced NIL, so athletes do can you know can make profit. But if you're really focused on basketball, why not go into the NBA's G League affiliate make? I believe the salary is 100k, and then get your education paid for later. But you have a a, a transition program straight into the NBA as yeah. opposed to going to class. Which, if you're 18 and know you're going to be pro by 19, I don't know if there's a lot of incentive that's to a, go to to go to class. Argument. That's a hard argument. So it's a it's a. I mean, people have opinions everywhere. I'm not I'm not going to kind of sit on a fence here or die on a hill one way or the other. It's just it's a unique time for college basketball and. You're not seeing some of the best players that are at this age group because they're they're elsewhere, and it's something to something to keep in mind. But the uh, age is coming down too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not you're not seeing thirty year olds play. It's twenty year olds are playing now. Uh, so it's and, and that's kind of happening across. And then you look at a, a, a like football. You might want some age because you're physically more, it's stronger, um, smarter. So it, it's it's. It's going to be interesting to see how it permeates out into other sports, and uh, you know where there's a professional rank, the path to it is changing. Oh yeah, 
drastically and rapidly too at the same time. And it's funny you mentioned football. Football continues to try to take over the the new cycle at any chance it can get. We obviously started free agency yesterday. I'm sure there were, you saw. I know you don't pay attention to football, but the frenzy of signings that happened yesterday. Uh, Jimmy G is now a Raider, wow. which uh, didn't really excite Raiders fans. In fact, I believe the Vegas odds for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl before they signed Jimmy G were plus 4,000. After they signed Jimmy G, any guesses on what the Vegas odds were for the Raiders to win the Super Bowl? Just makes me laugh. Plus 4,000. It didn't change. <sighs> it didn't change at all. So uh, the Raiders have a new quarterback for now. Um, inevitably, they will draft one, too, because Jimmy G is a injury waiting to happen. And that's just how he was for the Niners as well. So the Raiders have to obviously look look elsewhere and look younger. Is there um, just too. nobody else out there? Well, Derek Carr left. He's now with the Saints. Um, but it's a it's a weird offseason with, with the Lamar Jackson stuff with the Ravens. It's a little complicated. I won't get into all the contractual stuff. But there are two types of franchise tags now in the NFL. And there's a less... Ooh, this is going to really test my knowledge off the top of my head here. There is a less optimal one. That's not the name of it. But in other words, they're paying him less money on this particular franchise tag than they would on the other one. Um, so there's a very high likelihood he's not even going to play this year. He, he, he might just sit out. Um, but also it left a window open for teams to s- potentially sign him. But because of the way the franchise tag works, say... The Raiders wanted Lamar Jackson, right? They would have to give up their next two first-round picks in order to sign him. So not only do you have to pay him whatever he wants, which is probably looking around $40 million a year, given they just handed that out to a much lesser quarterback in Daniel Jones. Um, Yeah, they gave him four years, $160 million. Uh, Not only that, but you would then lose your next next two years of first-round picks, which are crucial, um, and teams tend to overvalue first round picks even if it is kind of a a lottery in some sense so yes there are better options out there but it's tricky as to how you go get the better option and teams came out right away and said they weren't interested in the better option which i'm not gonna divulge too much into that but it's very strange it's uh smells a little bit like collusion um but (laughs) prove it (laughs) Anyways, I'll stop on the NFL talk. Um, I'm super excited for for Mark Madness as always. Um, I know Jeff has just downloaded the William Hill app. Given that you never fill out a bracket, I was going to say this is a great opportunity for you to uh, learn and potentially potentially find some some winnings there. But if you're uh, if you if you're not, yeah, I don't I don't know if that's the that's the move. Um, just pick a 12 seed over a five seed. It happens every year. <laughs> You get you get you get romanced into that idea that you're gonna win fifty bucks or some some big win. I know fifty bucks isn't a lot, but you know I'm not throwing shade. I'm not gonna name names, but I have friends that take this very seriously. Oh, I, and I think that I have a neighbor that takes I it. I think that if they seriously. research, they're going to be more right than me, who's just kind of picking teams out of a hat. And yeah. I tell you what, more often than not, it's gonna be about a toss up. Yep, uh, because yep. it's just so random, and you can only you can only read so far through the first round, right? After that, you're guessing. 
because the second round matchup could be this if you think that's what it's going to be, and you yeah. could research that all day all day long. But if it's not that, yeah. it completely changes everything. And like I said, you're more likely to win the lottery than you are to have a perfect bracket. So really, people put way too much stock in their own uh, capabilities. I think I think uh, I think you got to accept that it is a true guessing game, and you are just hoping to get lucky, which is why. Yeah. When I was growing up, an 11-year-old had a perfect bracket. Yeah, It's just sometimes you get lucky with the way you fill it out. And they probably pick because of the color of the team or something. You never know. People find success in that, too. Yeah. Whichever mascot you like more. Yeah. We, uh, I'll, this is, I'll end it at this, and then we will, we will wrap up the pod here. But um, our way to, I guess, quote-unquote embarrass the friends in our, in our pool <laughs> is I'll make, I'll make a coin flip bracket. So I will literally flip a coin for every game. <laughs> So typically a lot of 16 seeds win in that first round. But we, we leave the coin flip bracket in the pool to see if it beats anybody. And that, that is, the, is the, the end all be all of where you, where you uh, maybe don't want to respond to any group texts for a day or two. Because if you lose to the coin flip bracket, whew, you, you have to carry the nickname coin or something <laughs> for the next year. To this point, nobody has lost to the coin flip bracket. That's good. It's, again, when you have, I think, I think the first year we did the coin flip bracket, a 15 seed won the whole thing. So it's just like really unlikely. But yeah. if you're if you're that bad, anyways, hopefully we will have some uh, high school sports to to report on. Other than the you know five ten minutes we've been doing at the start of podcast here for the last two two episodes, uh, we'll get some get some coaches on, get some players on here too. If if the rain keeps up like this, I know we got spring coaches interested. And, and hopping on, but I would like to give them a little bit more to talk about um, than just the fact that they can't practice and they can't play games. But, wasn't, it, wasn't it last year this time that we went down to Douglas and had that beautiful backdrop out and the, the clouds were beautiful and the green grass? And yeah, I think it was almost a year to the day of us talking to, to Douglas head coach, uh, baseball head coach Ryan Gonzalez. Um, I know they got assistant coaches that have have joked with me about coming on the podcast too. So I I think we'll have we'll have some other, more Douglas baseball affiliation. Uh, I even hear there might be some Douglas softball people we can get on get on the pod if we try hard enough. Um, I don't know about Carson. I gotta gotta work some work some magic with with some Carson coaches here. We'll see see what we can get there. But of course, today's podcast is once again sponsored by Played Against Sports, the best place to go for all your new and gently used sporting equipment needs. Located in the Topsy Lane Shopping Center, you can also find Played Against Sports online at www.playedagainstsports.com. Thanks as always to my producer Jeff Mulvihill Jr. of InstaImage.com. Be sure to go buy a photo or three if you uh, have the means. And that's going to do it for episode 68 of Behind the Bench. Thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next week.